Your book hole? My book goal? Oh, I thought you said book. Book goal? What is a book hole, Megan? I have no idea. All right, and welcome to the Book Jar Podcast, where both me and my friend Megan talk about book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis. How are you feeling today, Megan? Oh, okay. I see you're putting me on the spot like that. <laughs> you know? I was just going to say, so we missed a week because you were feeling under the weather. And that, was, so I'm like, I'm like yes, yes. poking fun at it, but also like... <laughs> You don't have to give us your life story either. That's either. fair. Yes, yeah. I was sick, feeling 10 times better. Excellent. Almost like my normal self. How Almost are like you? Me. You know what? I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm good. feeling good. I'm feeling a little tired today. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh. But I'm oh. feeling good. I am feeling extra good. Watch Why? this w- wonderful segue. I finished my book goal. Your book goal? My book goal? Oh, I thought you said book. Book goal? What is a book hole, Megan? I have no idea. <laughs> you were like, where's this nook of books that I you was have? Like, I, I, yeah, I was like, oh, that must be just like one of the piles of books you yeah. have. You were like, which hole? Which yeah, yeah where was it? Where did it go? <laughs> but that's super exciting. Congrats. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I, uh, I finished that, which I was really excited about. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fabulous. So I've read 54 books on the year. Wow. Yeah. And your goal was 50? 52. 52. One a week was my goal. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. 52. Uh, so, and I'd hit my pages goal a long time ago. So that one's like been exceeded now, mm-hmm. which is very exciting still. But yeah, I was excited. I was really excited. It felt good because I also felt like as soon as it was done, I was like, oh, I can pick up any book now, right? Like I can pick up yeah. like the thickest book on my shelf yeah. or like the smallest one. Like I don't care. Like I can read whatever I want to read which is like I can read whatever I want to read anyway but yeah. for some reason I feel like I can actually do that yeah no that's totally fair because you you're wanting to you know get the goal so sometimes <laughs> you just pick up easier books and you're, you're like, like yeah, I'm not really gotta, feeling it I'm gonna read like 17 mangas because I'll just fly through those no yeah, yeah it was good um so what it I know and I know you're feeling under the weather so like no pressure here of like what you've read but like uh what have you been reading like lately well it was actually kind of good because I did have some reading time because I wasn't working. It's funny how that works, hey? Yeah. Like, like oh, this is like kind of good. I got sick. I got <laughs> sick so I could just read. So I finished this book like quite fast. It's called White Out. And okay. I just picked it up. So it's like a nice, cute little kind of holiday read, which I was feeling. Mm. And it's by, it's a few authors, Angie Thomas, Danielle Clayton, Ashley Woodfolk, Nick Stone, Nicola Yoon, Tiffany D. Jackson. Nice. Um, Which I like, I love those kind of books where they have multiple authors and they kind of like take up their own characters and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then it like all intertwines together. So it's kind of, um, I think it's in Atlanta where it happens and they have like a snowstorm and they're just like not used to them there. So Mm. it kind of like shuts down the highways and like people are told to like stay in place but there's this one couple that are kind of going through a breakup but then the one girl really wants to do like this grand romantic gesture for her girlfriend to like win her back and it's just like all of her friends are kind of in on it to like help her do it but they're all in separate areas of the city that's cute and like stuck and stuff so it's super cute i'm glad i finished it Mm -hmm. and 
yeah, definitely recommend that one if you're looking for a holiday read. Love that. Love that. Uh, was that just the one? <laughs> just, just the no, one? I, I, I didn't mean that at all, Saucy. It kind of came out like that, but yeah, I meant more like, yeah. Yeah, just that one. Just that one. Um, Like I've started other books and stuff like that, but. but you're in the process of, yeah. In the process of. I still have three books until I'm back on track for my book goal. You can do it. I believe in you. Just last minute here. Yeah, I'm just going to power out. How many do you have left? I still need five books. I don't That's know. That's doable. <laughs> Maybe a few mangas. Maybe I'll send you home with like the Sailor Moon mangas. And True. Can... I still have a few at home, so I should actually yeah. just power. Like I've been reading a lot of webtoons, so I feel like that's taking up time. <clears throat> um, So I would actually recommend that you look for the webtoons if you've finished like series because some people have uploaded them. Okay. And I personally feel like that counts. I don't usually count them unless they're like exorbitantly long, like mm-hmm. just stupid long kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I have counted a few in the past because they've been so long or I've like read them in one sitting kind of thing. And I'm like, this was like a book. Mm-hmm. So and then I don't count other ones because I'm reading them week to week. So it like that's it's just fair. so slow that yeah. I don't feel like it like counts for some reason. It's not that it doesn't count. It's that I just don't count it. Uh, yeah, it definitely still counts as okay. reading. But okay. well, I think the one like I just started True Beauty, and I think that's even like published. I, it now. is published. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm sure it's on there. So Heartstopper is another one that I've been reading. Oh, okay. Um, so I didn't actually realize that was on Webtoon. I had no idea. I oh, knew I it was know. a graphic novel, mm-hmm. and I knew it was a Netflix show, mm-hmm. and I knew that they were connected. But I had no idea it started off as a webtoon, which is, like, so cool. Anyway, so I did binge that. I didn't count it. Again, I should have counted that one because it's, like, it's also, like, yeah, I think published it's and published. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, five volumes now. Yeah. And I read the whole thing on the webtoon, but I, I haven't counted that one just, just because I haven't kind of no real reason but that one was really enjoyable highly recommend if you guys are looking for like an lgbtq friendly or focused rather not mm-hmm. even friendly like it's definitely about um uh like a a young gay guy in school and kind of his crush on what he believes is a straight friend of his mm-hmm. Which and it's just like honestly so heartwarming, like it's so beautiful. They did a really good job with the Netflix show as well. I think th- there was like one change that kind of annoyed me, but like otherwise it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that had nothing to do with my reading thing, so I'm gonna actually talk about that. that's <laughs> yeah. okay. You keep go- yeah, what you read. I just wanted to throw that recommendation out there, mm-hmm. especially like if you're looking for something to start yeah. now too. It's really good. True Beauty, I actually did read. I'm not caught up on it because I just kind of like lost interest. It's very, yeah, it's kind of like a lot's happening, but also a lot isn't happening at the same yeah. time. So it is it is feeling like it's taking me a long time to get through it. Yeah. I, I feel know. like also it's one that is really nice when you can binge it. Yeah. Because I was, I remember reading it and being like, if I had to wait, if I had waited a week for this episode. Probably wouldn't have. It's not that I would have been annoyed and it's not that the author has done or the artist has done a bad job. Like, I'm not trying to say that at all. It's just I wouldn't have stayed engaged. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened is basically as soon as I caught up to it, I was like, yeah, I don't I don't have any urge to like read this. So I'm probably going to wait for like a season finale or like a break or something and then just binge like a whole bunch because I feel like it's better read like that. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so I read four books, um, which like 
it sounds like a lot, but we also had an extra week. Yeah. Um, and again, you were under the weather, so like not <laughs> like you sh- like why didn't you read seven books, Megan? Uh, I, so I read Jinx by Meg Cabot, which has been on my reading list mm. since I was like in you like in university in junior high. <laughs> so I used to love Meg Cabot. It was like a very fun read, very like fun throwback for mm. me personally. I really enjoyed that one. I also read Seven Deadly Shadows, oh. which is by Valin Matani and Courtney. Alameda. I might have pronounced one of those wrong, but hopefully not. Uh, and it's about a shrine maiden who has to fight off demons and defend her temple from demons, mm-hmm. essentially. Very cute story. I think it was like really just enjoyable. There were parts, again, it's, it was really violent, but then I felt like sometimes the dialogue didn't quite match. Like it just didn't feel natural. Which is pretty much my only complaint. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes the dialogue really pulled me out of that one. And then I read uh, These Violent Delights and Our Violent Ends. Oh. Duology? Duology by Chloe Gong. Uh, specifically because... <laughs> <laughs> so I bought the, like, seek, like mm-hmm. spinoff, mm-hmm. Um, which is, I believe, Our Lady F- or Foul Lady Fortune or something like that. I'm, ter- I'm terrible at remembering that name. But it's this beautiful copy of it. You were with me when I bought yes. it. Yes. And I bought the first one of the duology without really thinking about the fact that it was a duology. And it was friggin' fantastic. Really? Yeah. So I gave it five stars. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's, what's the premise? I need to know. So it's, it's like Romeo and Juliet in Shanghai. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Say no more. So, Say no more. Like, yeah. It's Romeo and Juliet in Shanghai. Romeo is... Roma, who is a the heir to the Russian gang, White Flowers, and Juliet is Juliet of the Shanghai gang, uh, the heir of the Shanghai gang, and it starts after they've already had their like whirlwind romance. So essentially, this is a little bit of spoilers, but it's, it's something you, you just get the impression that some. I'm gonna keep it low spoilers here. But something has happened between them and like something huge within the like blood feud has happened. Uh, she ended up leaving for America for like a little bit. And then she this is her coming back and like re-meeting him and mm-hmm. being like, oh, we used to be lovers and now we're not. Mm. And so I just thought it was it was it was really endearing. I thought the characters were great. The writing was fantastic. The plot was like somehow really good, even though it was a retelling. So you kind of knew it was going to happen, but like never for sure, Mm -hmm. because there was little things that were switched up. There were like quite a few nods to the fact that it was a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. So at one point they go undercover together and she lies about their names and she calls him Montague, Mm -hmm. which is like not his name in the in the story. But and then he he like makes a joke about it and he's like, because they're pretending to be communists. And he's like, like. He's in Montagu Italian. And she's like, there's Italian communists. And I just thought like that part, I like literally laughed out loud. I was like, this is so <laughs> hilarious. Like, I love this. Aww. So I, I really enjoyed it. I The second one was still really good. It wasn't quite as good. Yeah. But I feel like you can never match. Like, there's always the, one that's yeah. a standout, right? For sure. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed that. So that's what I was reading these past uh, past couple weeks. 
Wow. Yeah, I like the sounds of that one. Yeah. I'm well, like, it's right there if you'd like I to. I know. I'm like staring at staring it. I'm like, it mm. I mean, I still have like. Cause it, we, is, it is 439 pages. So oh, yeah. She's. She's I not, st- like, super thick, but she's not, she's no. not. I need to read fat books by the end of the year. I don't think that's going to help. I don't think that's going to help. No. I, I'll send you one with Sailor Moon, and then when you finish that, you can. <laughs> yeah, I'll just power through five of those, and yeah. then we'll be good. Yeah. You'll be like, cool, I already knew the story, but. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was reading, but I think we should probably transition over to our topic for this week, which is. Yes. What books have you read that were not worth the hype? Dun dun dun. So how are you feeling about this? <clears throat> Honestly, like there were a few that like immediately came to my mind, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um and like you always kind of feel bad. You're like, well, someone's gonna love this book, and then you just feel like you're crapping <laughs> all over it. Yeah. I had a few actually like um I don't want to say they're self-help books, but they are like that kind of a vibe that are like super hyped up. Like, yeah. And that's what I I mostly lean towards, so it'll be interesting to see. What- oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's so not what I did. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I know. I kind of know where your mind. I went. you know. I think you know exactly, like where I'm going with mine. So, <laughs> what? What? I guess we'll start with you. What is the first one on your list? So the first one on my list is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I feel like this was a pretty popular book last year. Maybe it maybe it's been around longer than that, but mm-hmm. like I read it for like a little book club thing last year, and basically like the whole moral of the story. So Glennon Doyle, she's like obviously a real person, <laughs> and it's like she's writing about her life and like giving you life lessons based on it, mm-hmm. and she's written a few, and she actually does like talks and stuff like that. So she, the third one is kind of about like letting yourself like be your true self and like living your life without boundaries and like just like you know like living your true life because you only get one life um I don't know I found it to be like yes it was motivational but after a while she was repeating that same concept over and over and over again and just Mm -hmm. like and like her life was interesting and stuff like that but it was just like getting repeated too much yeah and, like, by the end, like, all I got out is, like, okay, you know, you're a tiger, find your stripes. Like, that was, like, her her message this whole time. And I was, like, hey, like, I feel like you, I didn't need a whole book. Yeah, like, this could have been, like, a very, very succinct blog post. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. <laughs> a blog post would have been perfect. Or, like, I would go to a lecture for an hour right, like to it, talk it was, about that. It was like, she had a lecture and then she was, like, but this is definitely yeah. worth you reading. Yeah. But yeah. here's like these 10 life events that I had that really tell you how <laughs> what to do with your life. Yeah. So I don't know. I personally, it was good and like read it. And if that's your kind of thing, like definitely look into it, but mm-hmm. not for me. Yeah, that's fair. I find a lot of, and this is something I actually saw on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody said on Twitter and they were like, if you're writing a book, you better be writing a book and not something that should be like a succinct blog post. Mm-hmm. Like, like because most books I read, they could have just been like, you wanted to write a blog and then you rambled on for pages and chapters and drug yeah. me along with something that should have been much more concise. Yeah. And I totally got that from that. And I think it's because like she is such a like well-known name and she is... I find that once yeah. they're kind of already on that 
like on the roll of like making money and like they're already traveling so like now's the perfect time to have a book deal and like write this book and get your name out there and then it's like people like oprah and stuff are like read this book like it's so life-changing and then you read it and you're like my life was actually not changed yeah it was (laughs) like cool like again blog post vibes yeah yeah blog post lecture not the right media format yeah yeah I have not a nonfiction one. I want to know if you can <laughs> guess the first one I want to talk about. Oh, I'm between two. Yeah, um, well, they're probably the two that I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the first, I'm going to say um, Colleen Hoover, It Ends With Us. Yes. And Akatar. Yeah, so they actually are both on my list. So I know that's going to break some people's hearts. I want to say, I'm gonna, and I'm going to talk about this more deeply in a second, but Akatar I have on the list as a series. Okay. I think it's like an overhyped series. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate the first one as much as I hate the whole, like, and hate is the wrong word, as much as I, like, I I actually enjoyed the trilogy. I'm talking about it now. Can you mm-hmm. tell that mm-hmm. I didn't actually mm-hmm. move on to what I wanted to talk about first? Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly about the fact that the trilogy was fine. And I think Silver Flames is where, like, I really lost my total interest is that like the first spinoff or that's the first spinoff about nesta but i'm gonna go over to it ends with these are two really popular books right now so i feel like these are like (laughs) the perfect ones to talk about in this one but i also know that like again and we've kind of said this like if you like these books if these books were life-changing for you like that's fine Mm -hmm. i personally thought it ends with us by colin hoover is one of the most overhyped books i've ever read and only now am i actually seeing so I read It Ends With Us on January 18th, 2022. <laughs> so this year. Yeah. But all the way back in January. And it's taken essentially a whole year, I feel like, for the online narrative to go a little bit not in her favor. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I I really, really, I know what she was trying to do. So It Ends With Us is technically a romance, which is the biggest thing that, probably pisses me off about this book but it is a romance and the attempt is to tell a story and there's gonna be lots of spoilers in this so if you want to go read it for yourself um come listen to this after you're done but it is a story that positions itself as a romance and uses the shock of the fact that it's not really a romance i think to almost traumatize its readers into thinking it's good Mm. Because everyone, I, I've seen people like record themselves reading it and stuff or like, which I know like some of these are like definitely not real, but like, you know, they record themselves or they make like a little, like a video, like of like, they stop every once in a while and they're like, hey, at this part and this just happened. And every time when Ryle hits her and they get to that scene, they are always like, I didn't see that coming, like all this stuff, which totally, absolutely, like it, the signs of it are there, but like it's definitely, it's supposed to take you by shock. Mm -hmm. I didn't appreciate that it tried to take you by shock quite that much. Mm -hmm. I do think, and I do believe, although I, again, I read it back in January, so I might be wrong here, but I don't believe she has spoiler warnings or like, like enough in this book either and I just really really didn't like that feeling and I feel like that's why people like it is because it's shocking Mm -hmm. and there's a difference between a book being 
good or interesting or even like a fun read or like not even necessarily a fun read, just like a good read. And I'm not talking about quality or anything like that, just like one that you liked reading and being just like so unpredictable that like people are like almost, I don't want to say tricked because that's not the right word, but like they they're almost manipulated into thinking it couldn't be anything but good because how could they you know like not think this story about this really traumatic thing that happens to a lot of women could be good like it feels like a defense against giving any actual substance to the book as well because like you like to critique this book is i've seen people critique it and then people come in and saying how can you say this about a book that deals with domestic abuse like mm. it's so good that people are talking about it now yes very good that is a good thing that is a good result however this is not this is objectively to me not a good book yeah <laughs> it has terrible writing actually like i was shocked at how poorly written it was she writes so passively in this book and i know this is like one of her older ones it's not one that has been like really fleshed out but like also i didn't see a big change with some of her newer books and i actually like when i wrote my review i said this is poor writing by published standards like I can't believe it was published in this way because it should have been much like way better edited the characters are all flat and basically like I don't believe they're people they are characters Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe that they could be people these people would not survive (laughs) in like the real world like they don't have enough substance like they're not interesting people and Part of that, and, like, I can make a joke about it, but, like, you name your character Lily Blossom Bloom, and you are telling me, like, that I'm supposed to care about her when she then goes in on to, like, own a flower shop, but her flower shop is super unique and steampunk, and I, like, it was, like, really weird, like, and just weird details, and that's not a substitute for actual characterization. Like, she feels like a fake character. Everyone in this book feels like a fake character. Alyssa is like um, Ral's sister. So Ral is the love interest and that's her sister. And she is literally just like a rich woman who is so kind and sad because she's infertile. And then she immediately gets pregnant. So I was like, what was even the point of any of that? Mm -hmm. Like it couldn't have been that she was having like, They were having so much trouble getting pregnant that she was like, I'm literally like, I think she says she's infertile. Mm -hmm. Like she's never going to get pregnant. And then she gets pregnant. I was like, well, what was the point of that? You could have just said that they were having like a hard time getting pregnant and they hadn't done testing or anything because they didn't. They were just leaving it up to chance. Yeah. Like you could have like characterized this in so many different ways. And I also didn't really understand the point of like, like the point of that was pointless yeah why was that added into the story yeah and then the only person who's developed is ryle who is a an abuser Mm -hmm. and so why like i understand writing a story and i i don't like it and i wouldn't like this even if it was well written i don't think just because it's so sneaky but when you're trying to make somebody fall in love with them the main love interest only to show how like much you want to justify his behavior when some when he does something wrong that 
okay, yeah, I get it. It's a dangerous ploy to do, but like, I think there are some authors that could have done it a lot better. But then he's the only person in this novel that we like feels like could maybe be a real person. He's still pretty flat, but like he is given the most justification for his actions Mm -hmm. and he violently abuses her. Mm -hmm. So what are you actually teaching like young girls about relationships? You're definitely not teaching them that it's unacceptable. You're definitely not teaching them that there's no good reason. You're definitely not teaching them, I don't know, to not go back to that guy mm-hmm. because she keeps him in her life and he's still seen as this like kind person in her eyes by the end. And I just really, really don't care about that. I also, and I know I'm like, I just hate this book so much. <laughs> and hate, you know what? Hate is the yeah. right word for this book. I'm, I'm sorry. If you liked it and you got something beautiful out of it, that's okay. But I really had a hard time with the fact, too, that we only talked about one hard thing. So Mm. I don't like this singularity of like, oh, this is about domestic abuse and we're going to talk about this and how it happens and why women don't leave. But we're not going to talk about any of the nuances around that. So like, why in the world did we not talk about the fact that so like she gets pregnant at one point? Why, and I I know this is a this is a little bit of a sensitive topic for a lot of people, but why did she not think about aborting that child? Mm-hmm. Why at every turn did Atlas show up to save her when in most cases a woman in that predicament would not have this like knight in shining armor? Yeah. Why was it represented that Ryle didn't try to stop her from leaving? Mm-hmm. Like, when she had actually left him, he was like, oh, like, I'm just going to be really nice to you now. I'm going to go to therapy and I'm going to work on myself. And it was just really weirdly done. And I was like, this is not, again, for a book that's, like, touting itself or being held up by people saying, well, it's realistic because it does happen and this is exactly how it happens. You didn't talk about a lot of the spinoffs of results of that. You didn't talk about the fact that, like, Sometimes men in this situation try to trap their wives with pregnancy. You didn't talk about the fact that maybe that would be a reason to not keep the child. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she had to get an abortion. Like, I'm not saying it had to be like that much. But the thought would have occurred to her, I believe. Yeah. And so I just like I struggled with like a lot of it because if you're going to take a romance story and you're going to introduce serious topics, then why did you only introduce one? Yeah. Yeah. Why you have like this platform to like explore all these topics. And I find that you can't just isolate one serious topic and focus only on that. Like you really like you could have done more of a justice to that kind of topic and Mm -hmm. kind of brought awareness to it if you did do more of that research and like everything like that. And yeah. I don't know. I totally see where you're coming from. I've never read it. Yeah. And I don't have I don't, an interest in re- reading don't. it. I mean, if you wanted to read it to back me up or like yeah. see where I'm coming from, I would like support that. But I like this even this isn't a th- like I just don't understand why it wasn't more fleshed out. It mm-hmm. it also like didn't seem like it was critiquing the like insta love kind of 
trope where they fall in love so quickly because that is where like a lot of abusers they do like love bomb and like so you see that with Ryle but she doesn't really ever critique that part of the relationship she only ever critiques the part where he hit her Mm -hmm. and it and it also it like yeah again it comes up so swiftly that like I just wonder why it was done in that way other than to seemingly also trap the reader with this mindset of like I can't possibly hate this book because it's so serious Mm -hmm. I just yeah I also just one last thing I just have to say this the other relationship in the book is Atlas and Lily and that's like her first love and I don't think enough attention is given to the fact that Atlas asks her because he's over the age of 18 and he asks her when her 18th birthday is And he leaves for several weeks and he comes back on her 18th birthday and they have sex. And Mm. that detail was so unnecessary. Mm -hmm. For one, they were actually, they were like very close in age, if I'm remembering correctly. So I didn't think we needed that much detail given the fact that he waited until she was legal like that. That was like weird. Yeah. It was also weird that he did that. Like if a guy does that, if a guy, if a guy's making that big deal out of your 18th birthday, Red flag. Red flag. Yes. Like, it was such a red flag to me that I was like, no, mm-hmm. this is not a good guy. And then it was like, but he's, like, the savior. And I was like, this is not a good person. Like, this is also somebody who is acting a little predatory yeah, and weird. And I would have, like, again, appreciated more nuance around that situation. Like, if you're going to add those details, you kind of have to reap the consequences. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my rant. <laughs> I <yeah>. seen. <laughs> I I don't think it's worth the hype. I actually think it's a gr- like I just don't understand why people love it so much. Mm-hmm. I think there are way better books that even Colleen Hoover herself has wrote written. If you really like Colleen Hoover and that style of writing, where it's not this problematic and it's yeah. not this poorly written. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing in favor of this book, in my opinion. That's fair. Yeah, I had a friend who was going to pick that one up for her vacation. And I was like, um, how about you read? Well, I recommended We Were Liars first. And I was like, but if you really want to read, like, Colleen Hoover, like, try Verity. Like, I heard that one was, like, better better and, like, kind of more interesting, like, topic and stuff like that. And, like, you know what? Maybe she would have enjoyed It Ends With Us. But, like. So, like, it is really, like, so Verity very much deals with, because that was the other one I read. It deals with kind of a situation where I feel like it's, like, everyone sucks here. Yeah. And so I'm fine with a lot more of the stuff that she included because she also wasn't trying to make a point about a topic that is really real and harmful Mm -hmm. to women. Mm -hmm. It was, like, oh, there's, like, kind of this potentially psychotic writer, but, like, also, how do you feel about our main character and her, like mental state right now also how do you feel about this guy does he seem mentally like yeah. it was like wh- like who is lying and manipulating in this book which was like much more interesting yeah for sure so she like she ended up liking that one for sure when okay. she read it so yeah i mean i might read that one if i feel like getting on the colleen hoover train i, I but... don't think colleen hoover is like an irredeemable author to me mm-hmm I would just probably never pick up another one unless, like you said, it was yeah. probably going to be good. Yeah. 
I feel like I'd have to get somebody else to give me like a, or maybe, maybe I do like write, reading them for like, if they're popular. Anyway, we can stop talking about <laughs> Colleen Hoover if you would like yeah, to go on to your next book. We can move on. Um, I'm going to stick to my nonfiction. This is the last one though. Um, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel mm. Hollis. Um, so I've heard a lot about Rachel Hollis. Yeah, I didn't know. Obviously, I didn't know a lot about her before I read this book. Um, I know she's having a lot of plagiarism kind of stuff happening. Interesting. Yeah. She, uh, so she has an Instagram. Like, she's like an influencer. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where she started off. Or like, she has like a business, like an event planning business. And I'm sure that like kind of ties into her like Instagram influencing and her mm-hmm. books. But apparently she's been, like, doing quotes from other authors on her Instagram, but she won't say who said them. Like, she would never mention them, like, oh. I don't know, like, Socrates. I don't I don't know why she <laughs> would. I don't know why she'd be quoting Socrates. But, yeah. like, that would be kind of, like, for an example. So that's just kind of what's going on with her. But anyway, she, uh, so Girl, Wash Your Face, kind of an interesting concept. Um, it's basically, like, talking about how, like, you're, like, you are ultimately responsible for how happy you can be Mm -hmm. so she kind of gives like all of these so like the chapters are centered around like lies she's told herself over the years and how and then she explains how she successfully tackled them so i mean i've totally didn't bring the book but like for example (laughs) like girl um stop i don't know talking to your husband in that way i don't know (laughs) (laughs) for example and then she goes on and like honestly like a few of them i was like oh yeah like i can kind of get behind this um she had a few like about like her and her husband she had a few about like her and like being a mom and Mm -hmm. like being religious and like those ones i didn't relate to at all at the time when i read them i think i actually completely skipped the kid ones and the religious ones because i was like i don't know i don't really feel like i need to read this yeah and then it just like over time felt preachy yeah it was just like like i mean it's set up in a way of like girl like stop doing that and let's do this instead like you basically you know like that's the vibe that i was getting from it so i just like remember reading it and it was like i finished it it was not i didn't really enjoy it by the end yeah um and then now like again like i didn't really appreciate her relationship with her husband i thought it was kind of weird and like but she made it out to be in her book like they're like the happiest couple like to communicate about everything like all this stuff and they actually end up getting divorced i think like last year which like i mean that could obviously not be related at all to whatever situation she had in the book but it was still like I think that's a really hard thing with these nonfiction self help things is like your life is gonna change, and then it's like you were just preaching to me about this is how you have a happy marriage, yeah. But this happens, and then it's like I feel like that would be hard as an author to like be like, yeah, this is my real life, and now I have to be like, oh, so this didn't work, um, yeah, and like. I think that's why I really don't like self-help books because I'm like, every life is so different for everyone. Like, there isn't one way. Like, obviously, like, there's some, like, neat, like, habit-forming books out there, like, and, like, yes, and stuff like that. But when you're just, like, a person who doesn't, 
whose life experience is what makes you think that you are valid enough to talk about it Mm -hmm. that's where I have a problem and I can't get behind the preachiness of it so I found like that one was especially like that she does have like I know more books and stuff but I haven't read those yeah I heard like there's just like it's like almost cult-like or it was like at her height Mm -hmm. Rachel Hollis was almost cult-like I could see that I feel like girls who read those or women who read those books were very aggressive in loving those books Mm -hmm. and like living by everything she said Mm -hmm. and I just never really got into that because it reminded me very much of the it was right after that time in self-help books where they were all about happiness and positivity Mm -hmm. and I couldn't stand that personally I I was going through some like not really positive life changes at the time like very very serious very like very just devastating traumatic life changes Mm -hmm. I just remember going through like very traumatic things at the time and then it was all these people like obsessed with all these happiness books and like finding the silver lining and like the happiness project and like <laughs> positivity and like just think your problems away kind of yeah. thing. And I was like, I don't know when, it, like I understand that for certain day-to-day stuff, like that can actually be really helpful mm-hmm. in changing your outlook. However, sometimes it's not that easy and so I always steered clear of those, but she reminded me of that, but like pretending she wasn't that. Oh, yeah, totally. Because she was like, oh, I'm going to be like blunt and funny, but it's the same stuff. Yeah. Which is just like essentially change your perspective, right? Yeah. Like these things that are happening aren't actually problems. Yeah. Like you, these are things that you can change or things that you can do something a little different so it, yeah. you feel better about it. And like, I think like I was I'm this like I was the same way like I'm sh- sure I was going through stuff when I kept seeing that book on the shelf and I was like I can't even look at your face on there yeah. like it was just annoying me so much and then I also have just like this aversion towards those kind of like books too because I don't know I think it is because like I'm just expecting it to just be like this happy bomb going yeah, off yeah. and like her telling us how good her life is now because mm-hmm. she does all these things and I'm like and in the book she would be like well I'm not perfect either and yeah I wouldn't couldn't always do this and I'm like yeah like that's how we all live our life like you're literally telling us how we are living our life right now like we're not perfect we're trying our best we're trying our best and sometimes you're just in a slump and like yeah freaking talking before with your husband yeah. after an argument before you go to sleep isn't going to cure everything like sorry <laughs> It's also, like, maybe not always the best thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, like, some of those rules just don't work in specific situations. And you have to know what's healthy. And, like, working Mm -hmm. on what's healthy is better than working on what's, like, right or wrong to do in that scenario. I just, I think I find this way with a lot of self-help books. Unless they have some sort of degree. Yeah. Like, like, doctoral degree (laughs) where they have a reason to be talking about that talking about that in that kind of way or if they have some specific life experience that they're drawing from that is not what the majority of people go through Mm -hmm. because i end like and that's kind of the impression i've always gotten of rachel hollis is just like it's like she's just i just find she's just like 
yeah, she's just like a privileged white woman. Yeah. Ultimately, what it comes down to, and like, I think people who are reading it are privileged white women. Yeah. Or if they read it and they aren't privileged, then it's like they kind of be like, maybe it's not that easy. Maybe it's not that easy. Like I can't afford therapy or I can't afford yeah. like a nanny or yeah. all these things that can be problems. Yeah. But when you have money, you can brush it under the yeah. rug. Like, yeah, totally. I totally agree. I um, Yeah. It's why I usually avoid those books unless they come from somebody who I trust ha- yeah. who knows me and says, you know what, this one's actually different. Mm-hmm. I agree also like the self-help and the like habit forming are technically in the same category as well. But like I, I feel like one is kind of just yeah. focused on like something else. And also like personally, like and I know everyone doesn't have this option, but I would rather go see uh, an actual licensed therapist than getting my recommendations from somebody who doesn't have credentials to be giving that information yeah. and doesn't know what I've been through oh, and what I'm sure. dealing with. And I think like there is so many books out there now that are that are written by professionals that it's still accessible enough. Like yeah. you don't have to buy this $20 book by some girl who runs an event planning thing that you're just like a PhD psychologist out there who's written about a you know a specific yeah specific thing so yeah it's out there and you know but if you still enjoy reading those because they make you feel good then fine that's okay that's okay too it's just just it Um, (laughs) I'm gonna move on to the last one highly anticipated uh a quarter of (laughs) yes so I feel like I have I'm I'm developing like a really weird relationship to this series because I feel like I've <laughs> talked about it enough. And yet I did like half read the fourth book, which was I'm not talking about the novella for those who have read the whole series, which is A Court of Silver Flames, um, from Nesta's perspective. I think one of my main things that I struggle with with Akatar is the fact that I personally think that maybe Sarah J. Moss needs to, I, I, whatever, she doesn't have to take advice from me. I'm literally, she's a, <laughs> she's a very successful author. She obviously knows what she's doing. But I don't like the fact that she's never going to kill off a character that I care about. And that sounds backwards, and I know that, but I find it really hard to read her books, in particularly this series. I'm very curious how I'm going to feel about Crescent City. I didn't feel quite this way about A Throne of Glass, but I just don't feel the stakes. Yeah, totally. So she keeps threatening in these books that people are going to die, Mm -hmm. and I need her like for me to be like interested in this again i feel like she needs to take a different plot yeah because you're not going to kill off Feyre. you are not gonna kill off Rizand. you're not gonna kill off their beautiful little child that they have now <laughs> you're not gonna kill off anyone in that inner circle mm-hmm. without bringing them back mm-hmm. and so i that's what i struggled with probably the most in the like original trilogy and I actually, like, I had a lot of fun reading book one and two. 
I want to say that. Like, I didn't think they were, like, master, like, masterpieces. Yeah. I wasn't going to write, like, this beautiful, like, oh, my God, this was so brilliant. I thought it was, there was a lot of plot holes. There was a lot of things that I didn't necessarily think needed to be included or vice versa. I was like, I want more information about this. I didn't think the dialogue always worked, the relationships. Some of the characters are a little bit flat for Mm -hmm. me. But I was, and I will admit, I did have fun. Yeah. Like, I had fun reading the first and second book of the series. It was the third one that really started to bother me because every time there's something at risk that is serious, she writes it away. Yeah. And not in a way that I feel like they actually, like, there was consequences to an action or anything like that. It's just like, so, for example, the kind of big thing at the end of the second one, which was like a little weird to me, but like (laughs) the big thing at the end of the second one, again, this is spoilers, probably already realized that, but um, so essentially Rizan and Feyre are in the situation where Feyre tells somebody, this is kind of the cliff notes, that she wants to break their like quote unquote mating bond. And that's pretty like devastating as a like a reader if you like the couple like you definitely don't want that to happen you don't know what kind of the like consequences of that might be they don't even really know if that's possible but she basically asks this person to break it and then she hears she feels like it something breaks some sort of bond between her and Reese and break and the entire time I was like oh Because to me, that was, like, an actual thing that was at stake that, like, they lost. And, like, now what's going to happen? I was super interested. And then it was very clear, like, right afterwards that it was just, like, a different vow they had made to each other that was broken. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so disappointed. And I I didn't want their mating bond to be broken. Like, I was actually, like, very upset. I was, like, getting into it. And I was very upset. But that's why I cared. Yeah. And that was important. And then you you slyly took that away. And I stopped trusting that Sarah J. Moss could actually do anything to her character. So anytime they were in a dangerous situation, I was like, I don't like they're not going to they're not even it's not even the fact that they're not going to get like killed or like seriously hurt or anything like that to the point where they are going to have repercussions or consequences. They're not even going to lose anything. Mm hmm. Like, nothing bad is going to actually happen to these characters. So, why do I care about your plot? Yeah. And it all kind of fell apart for me at that point. And then I read into the third one, um, which also ends very big spoiler. Very, very big spoiler. It ends with, <laughs> essentially, Rizan dying. Mm-hmm. And Feyre... And our good friend Alex said she was very upset at this moment in the book. And I said, I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't even care a little bit. I literally sat there and I was like, okay, so when is he coming back? And in the next chapter, he comes back. And she rescues him from the dead in this, like, fine way. And then I actually thought a different character had died. And she brought her back, too, um, with less power. Because obviously... um, which is also a theme of Sarah J. Moss, is that the women tend to lose their powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rizan came back perfectly powerful, though, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, so, 
Yeah, I just, I was like, and I just sat there and I was like, you're not going to kill off these characters. So I don't know why you're threatening it. I don't know why you're pretending that you're going to, I don't, like, I just don't believe you. Like, just to, you know, like, just be upfront. Like, I think it's, it would be better if she was straight up like, yeah, like, I'm not going to kill these characters. So I'm not going to put them in these, like, situations where they're going to die. Like, it's better to just be like. Yeah, like just 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 focus on a different storyline. Like I yeah. just don't understand. So then, like the fourth one really made me mad because the entire plot of it, well, one of the main plots. There's kind of a couple plots happening, but one of the main plots was Feyre's pregnant and she's going to die in childbirth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, she's not. Like there's literally <laughs> like no way you're killing yeah. off Feyre and her child. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the book, she was like, oh, also, Rizan made this, like, vow, and he's going to die, too, if they die. And I was like, okay. I'm like, cool. I don't care about these characters anymore. <laughs> like, I just, no, no, but stakes. they're invincible. Like, they're not going to die. They're going to yeah. live throughout however long you've written this series. Every book, they're going to be fine. They're never going to die. And so yeah. I don't care if you put them in a room full of lava with no way out that's slowly filling to the top, they're going to get out. They're going to get out. Everyone's going to be fine. They can literally die. Both of them have died. Yeah. And come back. Yeah. You're not going to take away their mating bond. You're not going to take away anything from them. It's not even going to be at risk. It's not anything. It's just going to be the same. And so why do I care about the plot? And that makes it a lot less fun to read. Mm Mm-hmm. And personally, that's why I kind of think this series, like, I know a lot of people really love it. And I actually, I see where they're coming from. I do. And I did enjoy the first two books. But I just don't get why it's, like, still such a hyped up thing. Yeah. Like, that's where I start to lose it. Because I'm like, and I've seen people say online, they're like, oh, Sergio Mats is going to kill off a character. Like, you know, like, she always, like, breaks our heart. And I was like, what character? Has she killed off? Yeah, she's killed off anyone. They come back. They come back. Yeah. And it's like, I find it hard to like to go from like Throne of Glass to that one. Mm-hmm. I just like, I don't know. I just found like her plot was way better in, even though it was kind of chaotic, the first three books, you're like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will <laughs> say, I will say like, I enjoy the first three books. Yeah. Me but too. you can read basically, I, I kind of feel like you would want the third one. Mm-hmm. But like you can treat the first two books like prequels. Yeah. And then it really picks up with the fourth one. But the third one, I feel like is like it could have been like that was the first mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And it would have been like, oh, this is interesting. But I yeah, you can definitely tell she was like, I have a different idea. And I feel like I don't know, in my head, she went to her editor. She was like, I have this different idea for a new series. But like, I kind of wish I had thought of it because like. My characters would have been perfect for it. And then the editor was like, just write it in. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, figure it out. Can you figure it out? And then they were like, well, I think I can make it work. Yeah. And then it worked. And she was like, cool. Amazing. (laughs) This is fantastic. And like, it turned out good. And I think. Turned out good. Yeah. Going from that read. Like, if that was my first, like, introduction to Sarah J. Moss. And then going to Akatar, like, first novel was fine for me. Like, it was still enjoyable. But then I finished the second book. The third one wasn't out yet. And I was just like, 
I have no desire. I have no desire to see what happens that's to these kinda, characters that, at that's all. That's kind of how I felt at the end of the second. Yeah. I felt like the second was good and I had fun reading the second, but I didn't like the way it ended. Yeah. And I especially, well, and like one more thing is like, so like we know the mating bond is fine. That's not going anywhere. We know that like, whatever, everyone's fine. Everyone's going to live. Nobody's going to die. We know this. Like nobody's actually threatened. But then Feyre is like taken from Rizand and she has to live in the spring court, which was like kind of an unnecessary, I don't know. It was kind of necessary, but not really. And so I was expecting the majority of the third book to be her like stuck in this other court mm-hmm. away from Rizan. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like so slow burn and like, you know, like she's going to have to be like undercover. And I was actually like kind of excited for that. And then it lasted like maybe like a quarter of the book. And I was like, oh. oh. So we're just done with that now. It's like such a like, I've read so many books where I'm like, you read the plot and you're like, oh my God, I love when they're undercover. Oh my God, I love when they like do this. And it's literally like the first chapter. And you're like, so what's the rest of this book about? Yeah, that's kind of what I was like. She like left and I was like, I checked the amount of pages left. It was so much. And I was like, well, well, what? Yeah. Like what? What, what was, is she gonna do now? Point? Like uh, I thought this yeah. was gonna be like the whole book was them being separated. I really did, and then I was like, "So you're not even gonna risk them being apart for too long?" So I just feel like I feel like you need to stop writing about them personally because I feel like you're you're done. Yeah, like you've done the drama, and now we need to like move, just on. move on. She's like, "I don't know what else to throw at these guys because they keep." coming back she's like i keep somehow they keep resurrecting yeah, themselves I don't know how they do that <laughs> amazing <laughs> anyway i don't i don't i'm not a huge sarah Moss hater that's not i think there's some problems with her books i do think they're mostly fun but i think akatar has like burnt itself out personally yeah yeah honestly i'm surprised they keep releasing when i think there's like books. she's on contract for like another three for that series. Yeah, so they're all going to be like spin-offs or like about other characters, like n- the Nesta one, but I was like it's really interesting to me. And I think they're going to tie into Crescent City. Oh, interesting. So I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if that's going to make it better. I did hear hmm. from a friend that the second Crescent City is like very cliffhangery and like it's like how is everyone gonna get kind of get out of this situation alive sort of thing yeah and i was like that's interesting because i hope she actually kills one of them off which is terrible because i don't actually want that but if you're gonna put them at risk like i have to believe they're actually at risk and like right now i just don't i just don't believe anyone's gonna die like has anyone like checked on sarah j moss like maybe she's burnt out like give this woman a break yeah maybe she needs she like just, a two-year sabbatical yeah you know maybe she's just like her brain is just overloaded just send her to like you know like i don't know somewhere and she yeah. can research some like a writing retreat a little anything. writing retreat go go hang out in like the swiss alps i don't know yeah she got some good ideas there. I think she's just tired. Let's tired. Just give her a break, guys. Let's give her a break. Maybe she'll come back with uh, with a whole new world. Yeah, maybe no more Faye. I don't know. No more Faye? Imagine. Could you imagine that be wild? No. No more Faye? Faye That's porn? like her identity. <laughs> At this point, yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that was all I wanted to talk about. Did you have anything else you wanted to kind of mention or any other books you wanted to mention? I have like an honorable mention I don't want to get into. <laughs> I have an honorable mention. Okay. Because I've talked about it. Um, 
from Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armand. Yeah, I kind of figured that yeah. one might be yours. That was, again, it was like same idea as Akatar, the first book I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then the series as a whole, I just can't finish it and I don't really want to. And it is because just basically it turned into porn with plot. And yeah. There's a lot of things that I'm like. I don't mind the spice, but you gotta have something. You yeah, gotta have substance you behind gotta, it. Like I'm, I've, and I've told her this all the time, and this is spoilers. But that one scene where the kid dies and gets resurrected, and they immediately go have alleyway sex. It's not my time. It's not my <laughs> like idea of a good time. No, you know? no. Like I think like you could have had some time between those two scenes yeah. but what do i know i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah no i i agree with you i'm gonna say the mortal instrument series by Ooh, cassandra claire i think there's still a little bit too much hype around this for yeah. like what i think is actually good about this and i did some deep diving on cassandra claire Ooh. Um, and I did not know she was like quite as problematic as she is. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she's like anyway. Cliff notes she's like, like very much in the plagiarism. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to talk about that on a different podcast because I don't want to throw out a whole bunch of stories without like having the information in front of me because I know I'm going to get some facts wrong and I know it was a big deal that affected a lot of people in the book community. So mm-hmm. I would like to kind of you know summarize that with actual um like respect to that being accurate yeah very Um, interesting yeah okay well let's draw our next topic okay all right so let's go ahead and talk about our next or like upcoming topic which we're actually going to be doing because we're so close to the end of the year the next time you hear us we will be doing a 2022 in review which will likely actually be coming out in january Mm -hmm. so i guess happy new year yeah. Well, not yet. I don't know why I'm saying it now. Yeah, this is like you're a little early. I'm a little early. <laughs> Ignore me. It's fine. It's yeah. been a long day. So that will be kind of our next topic, and then we'll draw a new topic at that point, which is very exciting because that means we've been doing this for a whole year. I know. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's fast. It was, it was really fast. All right. Uh, so the last kind of thing to talk about is just some upcoming reads. Do you have anything kind of in in the works to finish out that reading goal, Megan? I know we've been bugging you about manga, but I don't know if you were serious or not. Um, I well, I'm reading another Christmas themed book, uh, Sleigh Bells Ring. Mm. Rayanne Tane, I think, is how I say her last name. So we'll see if I, it holds my interest. I've only read one chapter, but I might have to tilt towards something a little faster a little faster so we'll see i don't know i don't i personally don't have hopes to finishing off my reading goal and that's i you know i just don't want to put pressure on myself yeah i think that's totally fair and like also and maybe just keeping that in mind for next year of like like let's let's go over like quality over quantity kind of thing like let's pick good books that i love instead of you know a whole bunch and hoping i find some that I love kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I have no idea what I'm reading next. I have giant stacks of books all over my house. And but they're getting on a shelf. But she has shelves, guys. She has shelves. I have, so I have shelves in my living room for my TBR, <laughs> which I will post to the Instagram when I get it up because yes. it is actually hilarious how many books 
are on my TBR. That is going to be, and I'm going to talk about this more next week when we talk about kind of like what our 2022 was like and what we're looking at reading into 2023, which sounds really weird to say. Yeah. But uh, one of my big goals is actually going to be making them all fit on one shelf. Oh. And I feel like that's fair because yeah. I don't want to put a number on it because then I'll just pick all the tiny books and read those ones and that won't clear off shelf space. So I'm going to, yeah, but I actually, I, I have my shelf organized also in, so the ones that are highest up are the ones I'm least likely to read. <laughs> <laughs> they're like lowest on my TBR yeah, because they're, you know, hard to reach. It's yeah. like out of, out of sight, <laughs> out of mind kind of thing. But yeah, I, that's going to be a big thing for me next year because I do want to get that I don't ever want it to be at zero like mm-hmm. I'm fine with books being on that shelf but I do feel like it could be a lot a, <laughs> there could be less weight on that shelf yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah totally you'll get there I'll get there yeah anyway so that is our podcast for this week thank you so much for being patient with us while we took that little week to make sure everyone was healthy and Thanks, happy and stress-free Otherwise, if you want to check out my giant TBR that I should have posted by now, by the time this podcast comes out, uh, you can go ahead and do that on our Instagram account. We are at the book jar pod there. We also have a Discord channel. You can find the link in the description of this podcast where we talk about books, book-related news topics, just kind of like a fun little casual version of this podcast with a whole bunch more people. So go ahead and join that if you feel like that's something you would be into. That is also where we conduct conduct our book club our 2 a.m book club uh you don't have to join if you join the discord but you are more than welcome to at the same time our next book coming up is lord olympus and then the ninth house in january so i'm very excited about both of those otherwise any kind of final thoughts here megan no i think we i think we both know <laughs> where got, we like, stand on the overhyped books here. yeah yeah i think i think i think we we summed it up nicely yeah we did all right Well, I thank you one more time for listening and go finish off your reading goal or just pick up a really good book. Either or. Doesn't matter to us. Mm -hmm. Bye. Jealousy turning into the sea.